And Moses said to the people, remember this day in which you went out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. For by strength of hand, the Lord brought you out of this place. No leavened bread shall be eaten. On this day, you're going out in the month Abib. And it shall be when the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Hevites and the Jebusites, which he swore to your father to give you, a land flowing with milk and honey, that you shall keep this service in this month. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread, and on the seventh day there shall be a feast to the Lord. Unleavened bread shall be eaten seven days, and no leavened bread shall be seen amongst you, nor shall leaven be seen among you in all your quarters. And you shall tell your son in that day, saying, This is done because of what the Lord did for me when I came up out of Egypt. It shall be as a sign to you on your hand and memorial between your eyes that the Lord's law may be in your mouth. For with a strong hand the Lord has brought you out of Egypt. You shall therefore keep this ordinance in its season from year to year. Now I know this is talking about the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Um, it's one of the feasts and festivals, uh, the Jewish feasts and festivals that is celebrated in spring. Um, but I, the Lord was talking to me about remembering and if he so clearly puts it on uh, his people to remember what he did for them annually, to come and remember, come and remember, come and remember, and that they do certain things and they eat certain things and they tell the story and they remind their children, I felt like that's what he wanted me to do here this morning, um, that he wanted to talk to all of us and remind us of the prophetic history of Lighthawk. So um, some of you, most of you, I I talked or messaged or try and get a hold of to try and get your um, memories of of the birth of Lighthawk. But before I go into that, I do want to press in a little bit to this remembering. So I'm going to ask you to go with me to Deuteronomy 32.7. It's not a small thing when he says to remember something. Deuteronomy 32.7. And we're going to be in Deuteronomy a bit, but we'll back up. First, we'll read 32.7. Remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask your father, and he will show you. Your elders, and they will tell you. When the Most High divided their inheritance to the nations, when he separated the sons of Adam, he set the boundaries of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the place of his inheritance. He found him in the desert land and in the wasteland, a howling wilderness. He encircled him. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. As an eagle stirs up its nest, hovers over its young, spreading out its wings, taking them up, carrying them on his wings. So the Lord alone led him, and there was no foreign God among him. Now this is the Lord talking about his people, his chosen people. But he is telling them to remember what he has done for them. In Deuteronomy 4, 9. Let me flip there for a sec. I will say when I was preparing this, I wasn't entirely certain of the timing. I'm like, Lord, what are you doing? <laughs> there is a lot going on right now. Why are you having me talk about the prophetic? the prophetic history of Lighthop. Why? Why that now? So let's look at Deuteronomy 4.9. Only take heed to yourself and diligently keep yourself 
lest you forget the things your eyes have seen, lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life, and teach them to your children and your grandchildren, especially concerning the days that you stood before the Lord your God in Horeb, when the Lord said to me, Gather the people to me, and I will let them hear my words, that they may learn to fear me all the days of their lives on the earth, that they may teach their children. Then you came near and stood at the foot of the mountain, and the mountain burned with fire to the midst of heaven, and darkness, cloud, and thick darkness, with darkness, cloud, and thick darkness. And the Lord spoke to you out of the midst of the fire. You heard the sound of the words, but saw no form. You only heard a voice. So he declared to you his covenant, which he commanded you to perform, the Ten Commandments. And he wrote them on two tablets of stone. And the Lord commanded me at that time to teach you statutes and judgments that you might observe them in the land which you cross over to possess. With the remembering as a warning, lest you forget. In Deuteronomy 6, 4, you're close now, so it's not a big flip. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So it shall be when the Lord your God brings you into the land of which he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you large and beautiful cities which you did not build. Houses full of good things which you did not fill, hewn out wells which you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant. When you have eaten and are full, then beware lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. You shall fear the Lord your God and serve him and shall take oaths in his name. Deuteronomy 7, 18. If you should say in your heart, these nations are greater than I, how can I dispossess them? You shall not be afraid of them, but you shall remember well that the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to all of Egypt. The great trials which you, your eyes saw, the signs and the wonders, and the mighty hand and the outstretched arm by which the Lord your God brought you out, so shall the Lord your God do to all the peoples of whom you are afraid. So these reminders from the Lord, he's telling his people Remember what I did for you. And he's reminding them that he's the one who did it. And that the temptation is to think, oh, I did it. Or the circumstances did it. Or, well, it just worked out. <laughs> but he did it. He really did it. And that is our prophetic history, too. And I'll go into that in detail. But he did it. There's no possible way that the amount and multitude of things that he has done to create this place, we could have done. We could not have done it. Even one portion of it is astounding. And there's a multitude of things. And he also says, don't be afraid. Because I did these things. Remember, I did these things, and I did them for you. And he's like, okay, there's stuff going on right now. But I'm still me. I still did them. It still wasn't you. And the trials that are coming and the things that are before your eyes, I've still got you. 
Deuteronomy 8, 1 is the last. Du- nope, it's not one. There's two of them in eight, so the only count is one. <laughs> Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that a man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Your garments didn't wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. You should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son, So the Lord your God chastens you. Thank you, Lord. That came up during worship. And Deuteronomy 8.11. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes, which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwelt in them, And when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, and when your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led you through the great and terrible wilderness in which were fiery serpents and scorpions and thirst and thirsty land where there was no water, who brought water for you out of the flinty rock and who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers didn't know, that he might humble you and that he might test you to do you good in the end. Then you say in your heart, my power and might of my hand have gained me this wealth. And you should remember that the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to wealth, that he might, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. Then it shall be, if you by any means forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and serve them and worship them, I will testify against you this day. You shall utterly perish. As the nations with the Lord destroys, as the nations which the Lord destroys before you, so shall you perish because you would not be obedient to the voice of the Lord your God. It's incredibly important we be listening to him in this hour. It's incredibly important that we obey him. He has set things here in this place. He doesn't want us to get casual with them. He doesn't want us to just kind of do them by rote. He wants us to be actively engaged and participatory. The same things that drew us, they're still there. And in things are more and more intense now. Um, it, it would be folly to think we did this. He did this. And the last passage you're going to read before I'm going to go into some of our history is Second Peter 1. Nine. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his own old sin. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 
For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. Yes, I think it is right, as long as I am in this tent, to stir you up to remind you, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent, just as our Lord Jesus showed me. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my uh, decease. For we did not follow cunningly devised fables, when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed. You do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So, light hop was conceived like all conception in intimacy and personal relationship. Your story's different than mine. Um, I can tell you my story about how I ended up in the house of prayer, and it's unique from yours. I was struggling to know where to begin uh, telling the prophetic history of Light Up um, because I realized as I was learning about it that there was really no one beginning. There's lots of calls and prophetic words and I was here when and then I heard this and the Lord did that and he started here and he started there and some people it was way back when they were little and some people it was when they were in their early 20s and some people it was just a couple of years ago some some people grew up in this and never knew anything else and then suddenly realized oh I get to choose this. I've talked to you this past week and heard your testimony of how God put you in and uh, put you into the understanding and desire of the house of prayer. Like I said, the beginning's hard to find. Some of you responded to a call. Some of you started at KHOP or IHOP, Kansas City, they, you, some of you started at a church in New City or at Agape. There are countless other places. Some of you started with a relationship with Tom and Sam. Some of you started with seeing messages online. Some of you, like I said, grew up here. Some of you were in prayer groups um, in churches across the city. Some of you were in church basements. Some of you got a hold of a book. And it blew your mind. Some of you got hold of the Bible, and it blew your mind. Many of you connected through Tom and Stan's teachings, their books, their messages, both online and in person, recorded ones, written ones, audio ones, or their ministry, just in general, to the city, through the city, through churches, through youth groups. How you end up here is a different story than how I ended up here. Um, so I got to talk to you about your start. Um, 
And I went back and I listened to the prophetic history that Tom laid out in July of 2017. Those are somewhere on our website if you decide you want to do it. There are two. There was one in July and one in August. So if you decide, wait a minute, there's more to this. I remember there's more to this. I didn't tell all of it. And his is, his is from his perspective, he tells where he started. And so there's a lot of his journey. But if you want to know more, that is something you can find. Do you know why you're here? Do you remember why you're here? (laughs) Maybe you're here because you just come here (laughs) and somehow you are still coming here. Um, But do you remember why you're here? Now, I came here because I come here. Not just I came here, but I come here because I want to be a pillar in the temple, which is from Revelation 3.11. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. The one who is victorious, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will they leave it. I will write on them the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven from my God. And I will also write on them my new name. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. That is my vision. You might have a different one, but that is mine. I'm here because the Lord made a call for Anna's. Those who desire to pour out their lives before the Lord just kind of waste the entire thing. Those Annas. Um, the one who got to see baby Jesus. The two who recognized who he was. One of the two. I was at a one thing conference before I had kids. Maybe around 30 years of age. Dave and I were the responsible adult type figures. <laughs> To a group of college kids, they were the only one. They were the ones really in charge. They were they were the only ones who knew what was going on. Very excited young people who we had no grid. They gave us testimonies that Mike Bickle shared. Listened to him all the way down. Okay, the Lord called at that one thing, and I answered. And those whose hearts responded to that call stood up, and they prayed for us as a group. And we were sprinkled through all out the, the, the midst of thousands. There were just thousands in this room, and some of us stood up. It, I'm saying it because it wasn't super pivotal looking. It, I didn't fall on the floor. There wasn't a named person who laid hands on me. I just heard someone say, do you want this? And I stood up, and they prayed a general prayer over the ones who stood up. And I will tell you that I was marked in that moment. Uh, All I had in my brain was a kind of incomplete, romanticized vision of some me on my knees, kind of weeping and in the house of the Lord, by myself, of course. It's got to be by myself. It's always pictured that way. Um, I had no clear idea what I was thinking. I just had this kind of movie-style picture in my brain. 
super melodramatic. Uh, but I was sure that I was committing to something, even if the realness and the cost was naively lost on me. And um, I knew it was God. If I take out of my mind kind of that mental image and look at it like a photograph, I can see it and feel it clearly. I'm right back in that moment. It's unfaded. It's just as rich as ever. But in truth, in the day-to-day busyness of life, I usually don't take that photo out. It's like on a shelf somewhere, in a book somewhere, or in a box somewhere. Uh, But he is calling me and he's calling us to pull out that memory book, to open up the dusty pages of old prophecy, the pages of boxes of prophecy, and really look at what's inside there again and take out all the things that he said and all the things that he did and, and hey, he's done for us, and, and, and remind ourselves, look how vibrant these photos really are. Look how vibrant these memories are. Um, yeah. So Lighthop was born, so conceived we get, private, personal, born after a week of hard labor in the beginning of August 2016. Uh, Now, she was conceived earlier, but that gestation part, what that looked like, that last part of her gestation, anyway, was that she was formed in the hidden place of New City Church. She was... She was hidden there. She started off at the basement as the kids' ministry, led by Tom and Sam. Um, and then it spread to long-hour prayer sets throughout the, ba- the building at various times by various individuals very quickly. Um, so Psalm 139, 13, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the greens of sand. When I wake, I'm still with you. Now, remember, during worship, it did come up um, that the first step is for him to show us how how loved we are by him, to show us his love. Before we get any revelation of anything else, that's his first step. It was his first step for us there. It was our first step in this building. It's it's really our first step. We just kind of can stay there and get the fullness of all of it because it is seeking him first. All the rest will be added. So, Tom and Sam shared with the church at New City uh, Lord's vision, their, the vision that they had from the Lord uh, for the prayer room uh, to be done with children. So he shared it. That's how they were envisioning doing the children's church. And they shared it with the church, and it caught on fire, and like 70% of the church volunteered to help with the kids' ministry after they'd shared about their vision for the prayer room, doing the prayer room with kids. Uh, The kids prayed and sang as a response, and it was, you got in line, well, actually, before that, you uh, met in little small groups, 
prayed about what the Lord was going to have you pray, wrote it on a little card, or had somebody else write it for you because they didn't know how to write yet, some of them. And then um, you took your little card, and you got in line, and there was a prayer station with an adultish person or a teenish person. And then there was a singing station also with an adultish or singing person, or, you know, adultish person standing there at, at the singing station. And they would go up, and they would pray, right? And then the person who was standing at the singing station would sing a response to their prayer. And then they would change places, and they'd come over to the singing station, and then they would sing the person behind them's song went to their prayer. And then they got to walk off and get their treat. They got their reward, their, their payment for being in David's tabernacle. And they got their little candy or they got their little toy. And then they got back in the line, did it again. <laughs> over and over and over again. <laughs> they were super excited. And... These are some of the sweetest, most innocent, sometimes cumbersome, but Holy Spirit-led prayers. I mean, you could really hear it. And they were dogged. They would pray for the same things over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And sometimes you'd be thinking, you're just pulling out that one that you already know. But they were legitimately steadfast. So that was good. Tom and Sam began teaching Revelation in their basement with the goal of growing into a prayer room at the church, which was New City. Um, for the January 21 days of fast that year, they had an annual uh, fast of 21 days at New City. Um, David and Tom started doing uh, morning prayer every day, 6 a.m. And it quickly became... Lots of prayer sets sprinkled throughout the building by different people. An hour here, an hour there, and these families there, and those ones there, and these kids, and that. And, um, and in the Lord's perfect timing, during an intense uh, time of fasting and seeking the Lord after heart wrestling and pain and tears, she was born. Lighthop was born. And when we saw her, all our joy at the birth of Lighthop the goodness and faithfulness of the Lord in calling us into this prayer room reality, even the honor of being asked to help the Lord build his prayer room cause us to be comforted in our sorrow and let go of the pain of those that we left that did not join us, of places we had been before, of um, being misunderstood and the hurt. And, and yet the joy of being here was there she was. There she was. Here are a few testimonies of the Lord providing for this building, and they are awesome. So one of our favorite ones that we all kind of collectively remember is Tom hearing from, it was Bradwood, about the property on 26th Street. Jen says she also told him, but he doesn't remember that part. I'll give it to her. You never know. Um, but he heard about this property on 26th Street, and he was coming back from a job, and he hadn't told anyone he was going to stop here. He just kind of wanted to check it out from the outside. He's looking around it in the parking lot, and Jen drives up and tells him, you're late. The Lord told me you were going to be here, and I got tired of waiting for you, so then I went to the post office, and now I'm back. 
And he's like, what are you doing here? The Lord told me you were going to be here, right? So then they walk around. She likes to tell how he's like, yeah, it's, it's got good structure. And she's like, oh, that's such a guy thing to say. She's like, we're going to be in this church. Why are we still talking about it? <laughs> I love Jen. These are my Jen impressions. Love you. She said, we're going to have church here this weekend. This was, I don't know, sometime during a week, sometime after Monday, before Sunday, but, you know, same little itty-bitty five, six days that are normally in a week. We're going to be having church here this weekend, which would take a miracle. And that first Sunday was held on the lawn behind the building, and Dane was there to do the walkthrough and show the building to those who wanted to see it. And there was church here. She was right. That was something the Lord had showed her. Now, Dane had, this is another testimony of this building. Dane had showed the building with Annie, Tom, Sam, Jen. Did I miss anybody? It's those guys. And they were praying for critters. They were, had taken a look around and seen different things inside the building. They were in this sanctuary part, and they were praying for critters to leave. Jen was praying for critters to leave. She said she could hear them. She's like, mm. anything that has moved in, any critters that have moved in while this building has remained vacant, must go in the name of Jesus. And Tom kind of adds, and anything spiritual, go. And the ceiling fan that was above the pulpit, which was on and spinning, fell out of the ceiling and dropped really dramatically. Am I right? Yes, I thought so. I wasn't here for this, but I know this is one of our stories, and this is one of my favorites, too. So. There was... Let's see. Uh, here's another testimony. There was an end times-focused timeline in the building above the... Somewhere above us. Um, I don't know where it would have been now because things have changed. Um, but let's see. The guy, uh, who had started, the guy who had started the Missionary Baptist Church, which was here before, had written a book that was a timeline of biblical history. And the timeline that was here ended with the beginning of Revelation and the seven churches. And this church had a vision for sanctification, and we continued where the vision left off. We continued with their vision. Uh, the Missionary Baptist Church had stopped in the fall of 2014, which is the same time the Stoltzes started that revelation class in their basement with the um, vision for starting House of Prayer at New City Church. So several people mentioned that the church looked like an ark. Uh, there was a sign on the front that said, Wednesday prayer, 7 o'clock until. The building was shut for two years, and in the sanctuary was a brand new $2,000 baptistry waiting to be put in. It was one of the last big things that the congregation had purchased. Um, and Russ Hayward built a stage and the framing for the baptistry and put it in, in one of the first work days that we had at the, the building. Um, work days happened about every other week at the beginning. Um, and there, there was a time of getting rid of two pianos, an organ, lots of pews, other religious paraphernalia, kitchen stuff, all kinds of things like that. Um, the baptismal, many baptisms happened in that tub. Some of the first, some for the first time, 
and some as a recommitment. We were baptized with eyes open, not literally, um, and into an end-time reality. Um, Sam had a prophetic... Yeah, did you want to add something? When the light fell? All the lights flickered when the... Ooh, I did not know that. All the lights flickered when the fan fell. Dane is adding that detail. Ooh, right? (laughs) I didn't know that. Thank you for adding that. So Sam had a uh, prophetic dream before leaving New City. She had it. And it had to do with starting a prayer room down in a building, underneath a building. And, And in it... In this house, in that underneath the building, building, maybe a basement, uh, was um, an old push-button stove. And so when we got into this building, in the basement of this building, there was an old push-button stove, just like the dream that she had had. There are a lot more details to that dream, but I can't do it justice because it wasn't my dream. Um, Alia, as I think we decided she was seven at the time, had been hanging out with friends while we had a meeting and afterward told us, we're going to have church at a park. And I was like, honey, (laughs) okay, (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, This was our Sunday's last, uh, or our family's last Sunday at New City. And we weren't, we didn't, we weren't on the the first Sunday here on the lawn back here, um, because we were having our last Sunday at New City. Um, but the following Sunday uh, was the only, the one and only time that we had church at a park. We did have church at a park altogether, um, and she was right. Um, after that, it was held at Jerry Reeves' house, so until we got the building. Um, one of the things about finances was that the Lord said, don't ask for donations, so we asked, <laughs> we brought it up for like a week and left it up there. Um, and then as soon as we stopped and nothing came in, like that week, nothing, no donations happened at all for the building. So we stopped asking for donations. And as soon as we stopped, all the resources were provided. Finances came from unexpected places, from across the country, from people we didn't even know. Uh, finances uh, came The Lord provided a couple who gave for years that their soul connection was they were neighbors of a childhood friend of Tom's that had done his book in a Bible study. That's it. Um, It was unheard of for a brand new church to get financing to buy a building. They wouldn't, I mean, that's too big of a risk, right, for a bank. Or credit union. Usually they have to be established for a while and build up a savings. And Tom was able to get financing from a credit union by talking to an old college buddy, college roommate. Uh, but he was still going to have to personally guarantee it unless they had, we had $35,000. Okay. Group of us leaving a church, beginning of August, $35,000 by the time we do signing. It's going to have to personally guarantee it, right? By the time we signed for the church, we had $50,000. He did not need to personally guarantee it. Tom, in trying to figure out how this is going to all work, imagined in his mind different scenarios, and he thought, I'll have to buy the building, and then I will rent my office, and my 
the rent that I pay is going to pay for the mortgage, we'll be okay, right? Never needed to happen. Never needed to happen. He was imagining one of the basement rooms. I'll put my office here. I think somebody even said to him, maybe it was Brad Wood again, um, said to him, you shouldn't have your office here. <laughs> He's like, mm, well, I don't know how this is going to work. You know, but it did work. Um, that never needed to happen. You never rented a space out of it. Um, like we said, we had the money. We bought the church outright. Um, we very uh, had a boldness to pray that the church would be paid off, that there would be nothing remaining, um, that the debt would get paid off, and the building was paid off in entirety within two and a half months, before the end of the year even. Now, this is one of my favorite ones. I know all the other ones are my favorite ones too, but Tom had heard from the Lord that we would be in a fully equipped that was what the Lord told him, fully equipped building by the end of summer. The signing for the building, it closed on the last day of summer. And we had our first meeting here that night. So just in case you were wondering, what was the last day of summer that year? I don't know if it's always, but that year, it was September 22nd at 2 on the year 2016, um, which, because I had to know, was the 19th of Elul in the Jewish calendar. I think this is really cool. When I was thinking about doing this, um, I was in the shower, and I was talking to the Lord, and I was like, our anniversary, when's our anniversary? When's the last day of fall? And I was just thinking about it. I was like, oh, we need to remember. We need to remember all these great things. It was the beginning of the seed of the kernel of this teaching. And um, I later looked and Sam's posted a thing uh, reminding us, oh, you know, we were on the last day of fall and here it is. And it was the very morning that I had gotten the idea from the Lord prior to getting on the computer to find out that that was the day that we were formed. So here's some significant memories of Lighthop's prophetic story. So those were the financial ones, just the financial ones. One is... Um, Christy Santek, who was a member at that time, had a prayer board with cards to write prayers. And people would put things up, and they're like, oh, I'm believing for this, and oh, I'm believing for that. And they would put them up on that board. And they'd take them off as they'd get fulfilled, right? Church paid off, came off. Later, in, and it was in that lobby area, later, um, which was totally different, there were offices and a bath, I mean, yeah, totally different. So when we were doing the remodel, um, later, we wrote prayers on the floor when the, everything was getting ready to have the carpets and stuff laid down. So there was a time there where we just spoke into the destiny of this building and with prayers on that floor. So when you whack through those, those are part of the foundation. Um, very exciting testimony of that renovation, too, is that um, Dave and I pretty much did that, worked with a, a designer and the, the, uh, the workers, the workers who worked on it, for the things. And we didn't really, we just kind of, they just let us run with it and do it. But um, Barb was, had, a seat, had a time where she was traveling or wasn't able to be here on a Sunday, and she had been given a dream uh, without any knowledge, she knew that there was it was under renovation, but she had been given a dream of what 
the lobby looked like. And when she showed up after having gone and come back and it was all put together, the things from her dream that were exactly the same, she knew the layout, the round tables, and the window from her dream. And she walked in and she's like, this is from my dream. <laughs> so Light Hop's youth ministry, um, the first year, consisted of a teen group called Lantern, right? Yep. A tween group called Gage, and we don't remember why. <laughs> it was an, an, an acronym, you know, it meant something. Um, and a kids' church called Light Nights. And like I said, the kids would turn and stand in line, several people deep, and pray and receive candy and toys. And um, they would do this. We would give the message, then do the response, and then we would remind the adults in the sanctuary, remember, at the beginning of response, get up there quick because those kids are going to run up there and you'll never get a chance to pray. <laughs> so another thing that was part of our prophetic story is that uh, Noah was led by the Lord to do a series of messages on love. And he asked and was supported and able to release those messages. And uh, it's just kind of a testimony of the safe, welcoming place for everyone's ministry. Uh, that the Lord was building in this place. Um, the first time Abriel had her prayer set, as they're getting ready to start, two large van loads of IHOPU students pull into the parking lot and unload themselves out of their vehicles and come in, and she's like, what is going on? Um, they prayed and Abriel nervously played. At that time, she wouldn't sing prophetically. So Daniel was on the stage, and he would sing prophetically. And, but she said she loved to hear the sound of them singing with her from the congregation. That's one of the things she remembers really fondly. Now, later, that same visit had its fullness in that the student leaders whoever was in charge, they canceled the return that was planned for that evening. Um, they had had conversations with others in the community that were upset with Tom and Sam and us. Um, and it was one of our clear chances to receive a collective cross together where we were rejected for something that the Lord was doing. Um, Many people have been moved, and as I was talking to them, by the witness of Tom and Sam in their faithfulness to do what God has told them to do. Um, in what they were teaching, uh, in sacrificially giving their lives as people were attacking them and accusing them. And that, may, that is part of Lighthop's prophetic story. The Lord had told Tom that he wanted him to wear sackcloth. This was about a, this was in the spring of 2017. Tom was struggling with this and basically told the Lord, if you want me to wear sackcloth, you're going to have to have somebody give it to me. He only told Sam this. A week later, at a Friday evening teaching, Alice, with tears in her eyes, hands him a bag of sackcloth that she had bought at the fabric store and told him, God says it's time. He had told no one. This is not a reality 
of people wearing sackcloth. You know, this is not something, oh, some churches do, you know, kind of. I mean, if you go far enough to Africa, I've seen a few images online, but God says it's time. And, and Tom started wearing sackcloth. Um, and during the 10 days, which quickly followed after, several people started wearing sackcloth as the Lord led them. So that brings me to the 10 days, which is part of our prophetic history. So the 10 days was a celebration of that section where Pentecost, essentially. Um, the 10 days in the upper room, that's what it was modeled after. So um, shortly after, well, the first 10 days came shortly after and during our first sifting as a body, um, where many people left. It was prophetic in nature, and Tom knew he wanted to be in the church 10 days, and he imagined doing it by himself, and he's like, I don't know how that's going to work. But instead, um, many people spent time in, during, at the church during the 10 days. Some people spent the whole time. Some people spent portions of it. It ended up being really different than he had imagined, and it ended up being an invitation for all of us to enter into it to whatever degree we're able to do. Um, there would be maybe sometimes the prayer room going for IHOP prayer room going in the sanctuary. This, this place was set consecrated. Whatever was in here was really devoted to the Lord. But there was times to have a meal together down in the basement, to chat, to talk about what the Lord was doing, to really share hearts all over the building, um, really spontaneously. It was a time of rich community and healing, and it came exactly when the Lord we need, need, knew we needed it. All the things timed themselves in such a way. Hours spent just being in the prayer room, letting it change the whole feel of the world outside to us. Meals and fellowships spontaneously happening. Landon put a tent in the back of the sanctuary, <laughs> and he had a bag of candy. <laughs> April made sure I knew that part. I don't know if you guys knew that part. <laughs> So these are the, the, there was a nightly Bible story, a, a Bible story time at night before we went and shut the lights down. We slept in the church. These are the things that our kids who grew up in the prayer room remember very fondly. The following fall, we had a light hop camp out at Nancy's house at her, Nancy Morrisman's on, on the lawn. Uh, we went to the Ark Encounter and the Creation Museum in the winter. We grew closer as a family and closer to, and, and then we began to, we grew closer to as a family and we chose to scale down the worship meetings. It was then that the Lord was, had uh, said to us to get rid of the extra worship team practice and the longer Friday nights. Basically, the Lord had us get rid of anything that was wearing everybody out. So it was about community and family, and it was about doing the prayer room. But let's get rid of all of the things that make it heavy. And we did, and it was rich, and it was good. We didn't know how we would do it. After a bunch of people had left, we weren't sure. We went as a church to the last one thing meeting that was held at um, IHOP, uh, Kansas City, over New Year's of 2018 and 19. Um, it was a good time of friendship and community. It was at this conference that Gabriel and Luke <laughs> stood up in a response to a call to do night watches. 
And as we've seen recently, when Abriel went to do night watches again when praying for during the Israel fast that IHOP Kansas City was hosting um, last spring, and that led her to be an IHOPU student this fall. And that's still bearing fruit from her standing up at IHOP and responding to a call. Um, LIHOP is run by the Holy Spirit and a group of volunteer elders who try to hear the Holy Spirit (laughs) in order to take care of the day-to-day business of stuff. There's no pastor in charge, no one who gets paid to do this job. Hello? Oh, no, I'm good. Um, This place doesn't belong to anyone, but we do belong to this place. The Lord has called us. It was birthed out of the building of New City and the vision that the Lord gave Tom and Sam and that end time message that they carry. Um, that they faithfully carried. Uh, they're still faithfully carrying it. And the Lord has faithfully carried them all the way to Israel to continue to spread that vision that he gave them to equip others. We... Uh, have seen our own personal changes and growth, and we've seen it in each other. Many of us have experienced healing, both physical and emotional. We've we've experienced this here in the Lord's house. We know it of ourselves, and we have seen it in others. We've watched each other grow and become freer, become more honest, more aware of our own brokenness, We've watched each other wrestle and longed for the Lord to have victory in each other. We have heard the prayers and said, me too, I agree. We have raised our voice in song together, repeating the phrases and melodies the Lord has given us. We've cried together and for each other. We've rejoiced together and danced together. Not so much on the dancing. There will come a day. We've spent hours together in the presence of the Lord and with each other's stories and stored up oil together and poured it out together. And the biggest prophetic testimony that Light Hop has is us. And the Lord wants us to remember it. John 21, 25, you don't have to turn there. And there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Tom posted um, something in September 2018 in light of Lighthop's second anniversary. And he talks about what the Lord has done At that time, that was only two years in. And the part I wanted, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but the part I wanted to add that he did was, in the last two years, we have had nearly 2,000 meetings, and that was in 2018. All of these meetings have been led with the live prophetic music in antiphonal response to the prayer offered. We prayed for Israel weekly for two years straight. We have live-streamed over 1,500 prayer meetings to numerous countries with over 3,000 hours of meetings viewed via live stream. This was in 2018. 22,000 individual views of our live stream have happened. 
That's a little over 900 a month. That's a lot of prayer. 90 different countries representing every continent except Antarctica have tuned into our live stream in the last two years. We have donated to several ministries that advance the things we're praying for. In the last two years, our little church has donated over $33,000 to ministries that support Israel, the persecuted church, orphan hosting, a Christian school that has made a prayer room, and to support local ministries that help that teach kids worship and music skills and provide shelter to the homeless. We have collectively met as a church 24 hours a day for 10 days straight, twice. Now it's been more. Waiting on the Lord like the disciples in the upper room in Acts 2 is something that we have really learned to love together. We've been church to numerous kids that don't typically get exposed to night and day prayer or maybe even church at all once a month for the Kalamazoo Kids Worship Night. Most importantly, we have opened our hearts to God together, been honest about who we really are, and cried out for God to change us together. He has been changing us. We have laughed, cried, sung, danced, and sat silently, felt the pain of rejection and the joy of acceptance together. By the grace of Jesus, we have stayed together in this dynamic, beautiful, and real pursuit of God for two years. That's amazing. We're learning to see and tell the truth and love together. We look forward to all Jesus is going to do through us for, and for us for the next 12 months as, he return, as his return continues to draw near. Thank you, Jesus, for Light Up. And he put on here Hebrews 10, 24, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Turn with me to Psalm 27. I'm almost done. That's just a service announcement. You go ahead. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may camp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord that will I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion, in his secret place of his tabernacle. He shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing. Yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I hear... Cry with my voice, have mercy upon me, and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not, forsake, do not leave me, nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsook me, then the Lord will take care of me. Teach me your ways, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. During worship... One of the things I thought was, why 
what are you saying? What are you saying right now? And he, we were talking about, I got to flip to that page because I wrote down notes from worship. Um, that we started with all-consuming fire, that refining fire. And talking about cutting off the branches that don't produce fruit and cleaning the places that don't reflect him. We are called a lighthouse for a reason. And part of a lighthouse, part of the job of a lighthouse keeper is to clean the lenses and to keep the oil filled, to keep the fire going. Um, And that's just what today was, was a chance to remember that we need to look back on what he's done, keep that vision bright and shining before us, and then, like we do on a work day, just give it a little polish. Let the Lord come back into those places that we haven't given him access in a while. Get the dust bunnies out of the corner and the cobwebs off the lights. And let this house shine. And all the bats, get rid of the bats. Praise the Lord. Last thing, Psalm 107.1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy and gathered out of the land from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a desolate way. They found no city to dwell in, hungry and thirsty. Their soul fainted in them. And then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses, and he laid them forth by the right way that they might go to a city for a dwelling place. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men, for he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for Light Hop, and I thank you for telling me to teach on the prophetic history of Light Hop. I admit before you, I was feeling dull and empty and discouraged and distracted, Lord, not very hopeful feeling. I hoped intellectually, but I didn't really, I wasn't really connecting it with it in my spirit. Lord, so I'm asking that you come and thank you for reminding us of the prophetic history of this place. Let us remember that what you have done, you have done before, and that you're not done with us yet. Lord, we want to climb into your lap and let you hold us. And we just want to continue to grow in closeness to you and hear your voice. Lord, we need your love. We need to remember how you love us, and you do love us. Lord, you're not done yet. We just thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.